So welcome, Kathleen. I'm so excited to sit down with you and have a chat about what you've been up to. I don't remember the last time I saw you in person. It's been oh. quite a long time, but um, yeah. I know that we, we know each other, I guess, through the Kutztown area, yes? And the yeah, Heritage Center? Just, yeah, I think just that we're both makers and teachers, so we've somehow our circles have connected. I think you came to my house once to pick up an embroidery, and yes. I've seen you at a lot of the like historical society or the um, German Heritage Center events, so yes. yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yes, and we have sort of the same circle of art educator contingencies. Yeah. <laughs> so did you, I actually wanted to ask you, I don't know this answer, did you go to Kutztown? Yeah, I actually did my undergrad in Philadelphia for English, oh. and I had a minor in art history, and then worked a bunch of, you know, low-paying jobs, and was like, mm -hmm. want to do something else, and decided to go get my teaching certificate in art, and Kutztown at the time was offering the certification program, but they weren't doing yes. masters simultaneously, which they now are, which I would have done that, but so in 2001, I enrolled in that program and then um, got my teaching certificate in 2003. And after oh, that, awesome. started teaching at the Allentown Art Museum for a few years and then had my kids and stayed with them at home. Um, but I've taught in other venues, like I've taught a few classes at the Goggle Works and like our local library, some retail places. So very, not a public school teacher, but right. more alternative settings. Well, then I need to pick your brain privately because I just started as a museum educator and I'm so, I love my position, but I'm out of my comfort zone just because it's, you kind of make your own position, you know, you, you decide, yeah. you know, you kind of take what you have to bring to the table and you mold your, um, your position into what you want it to be, which is very nice, um, and freeing, but it's also like, I need some restriction and boundaries because <laughs> it's just so wide open. But anyway, that's another yeah. talk for another time. But um, that's so that's so wonderful. I actually saw that on your Facebook when I was sort of trying to like snoop and find out more about <laughs> your background. Um, yeah, I wish I would have just skipped over the public school experience and gone right into alternative <laughs> But So you actually probably had Marilyn then, our dear friend Marilyn Stewart as a yeah. professor. She yep. is just a phenomenal human and Oh, I know. Yeah. Her reach in my life has gone just <laughs> so far. But um let so let's pivot and talk about what you're doing right now and then we'll kind of work backwards. Um so you just recently had an opening for your new shop which is called Local Folk Creative Studio in Kutztown, Pennsylvania. And I really want to learn more about what you're doing and what the mission is and can you just talk to us more about that and let me just say congratulations. I'm really excited for you, uh, particularly because it's focusing on folk art mm -hmm. as well, just because I think sometimes folk art gets left out of the conversation, especially at the university level. I know this was one of the things that I had to grapple with a lot. And number two, your logo is amazing. I love it. <laughs> and also, um, I wanted to ask you, were you inspired? There was a group that was doing education stuff there a few years ago. It was a collective. And were you involved in that collective? I'm trying to remember what it was called. They had like young people's art classes. Oh, um, maybe Fine Art Fiesta. Was that the? Yes, Fine Art yeah. Fiesta. 
I wasn't like, I taught a few classes there, but that was not my business. It was two gotcha. friends that started it. And um, so it was a nice like place. And I feel like yeah. it was successful, at least yeah. in my understanding, but it was just, there were life situations that prevented it from sure. continuing for the, the owners. Um, so but there was like a need in the community that then you were able to fill, which is really exciting. And I was wondering how that all worked out because I remember when they closed, they had been doing really well and I was really disappointed to see it go, but I'm really excited that you're bringing this to the community now, this, uh, this yeah. offer. This was always something that I really felt Kutztown could use because we have this really rich history of folk art and crafts and we have the art school at KU. Um, and there's just so many artsy people in town and lots of like kids that want to do art. So I thought like I wanted to have a place where I could teach different kinds of workshops. Um, I've taught them in my backyard, but we live in a hundred plus year old house that mm -hmm. has one bathroom and it just, it would be, it was nice to have a space that was not my living space to do something. Yes. Like this. Um, yes. So, Especially bringing the public in too, you know, you want to have yeah, that sacred space. Yeah, exactly. And um, we considered turning like our barn into a, a studio, but given the, expense and I don't even think it's zoned for that so right I was um just looking around in town and just seeing what was available and post pandemic there's lots of rentals available yes. in town and yes. I felt a little like crazy opening something at this time but um I was teaching at a Reggio Emilia preschool like doing art oh, there okay. and that closed over the summer so she just, I think, was tired from, we had a rough couple of years and then with COVID. So she oh, decided to, to close that. And I felt that this was the time to try it. Um, and I had like two people that were close to me pass away that were young this year. And I just felt like, you know, I'm always putting things off. Like one day I want to do this. One day I want to do that. And yes. then I just said, I have to just try it. And so this is it. I'm here doing this. I'm offering workshops and classes. And also there's a retail component to here with um, all local makers from the community. So that That's seems so to be cool. what people are really excited about, especially yes. you know, at Christmas. You're always looking for a unique gift or something that um, represents your, your town or community. And so the response has been really, really positive in the last like month that I've been open. That's amazing, Kathleen. Congratulations. So many Thank congratulations. Um, I just got really teary when you were talking because I feel like COVID has done sort of the same thing for me. It's almost like seeing life so differently and slowing down and sort of taking, taking the opportunities to do things and not wait. So that's really beautiful. I started to get teary eyed because Aww. I, I know. And I was actually thinking what I would want to talk to you about. And it's like opening a business at this time, especially a business where kids are going to be gathering and it might be all these, you know, hiccups or, or people. I know just doing museum education here, it's hard to get kids to come out to attend programs right now. I think everybody's kind of fatigued and just kind of like, I don't know. It's just, it's very interesting time, but you know, there is something really beautiful in, in being that light also during this time and it's it's really exciting I, I know I've seen some of the pictures I haven't been able to get out there but it just looks like such a fun time and I'm so excited I can't wait to bring my kids out and 
come and see everything. And I love that component where you have the local makers and all these people that I've heard of and I've never really been able to see their work and it's all coming together in one place, which is really exciting. Um, so I, I can't wait to get over there and see you. Can you just let us know, let our listeners know, what are your general, do you have hours that you keep? Um, when can people come by and check it out? Yeah, I'm here. I'm, I don't know. I think my hours might change after the holidays, but as of now, I'm here um, Monday, or Monday and Tuesday, I'm closed. But you know, if somebody wanted to come in and make an appointment, I'm totally open to that too. Um, Tuesday and I'm sorry, Wednesday and Thursday, 11 to 4.30, Friday and Saturday, 11 to 6, and Sunday, 12 to 4. Um, the complication with, oh, go ahead. The complication with having uh, uh, retail and workshops is that there are times when I'm having a workshop and I might have to close just because I'm the only person doing this. And it's hard to devote my time to the workshop teaching and then be answering questions for customers because I feel like both people deserve my full attention. And it's just, unfortunately, I'm like the one trick pony here. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. No, that's very true. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, you, know, you got to get one of your sons to come in and help out. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Make my, <laughs> my daughter comes to work with me a lot and helps me with um, the education stuff. But uh, it's a little tricky, you know, because you're the expert. But um, can you tell us some of the kinds of workshops that people can take there? And sort of what age groups? Are they all ages or is it mostly geared towards children? Um, I have both adult and children workshops. Uh, nice. The adult ones, I'm a fiber artist, so my medium is embroidery, like hand embroidery. So I offer that class monthly because that's just my specialty. Um, I have a weaving class coming up, a punch needle class. Um, for s- younger kids, uh, starting in January, I have um, a teenager after school program on Tuesdays and then um, nice. elementary age on Wednesdays. And they're, they change um, every week, like the project, like, well, some of them are drawings, some of them, there's a little bit of painting involved. Um, but you don't have to sign up for all the classes if you just want to pick a few. It's not a series, it's just an ongoing um, class. Um, That's awesome. And then I have a few kid classes in between Christmas and New Year's. So if you're looking to occupy your child, that's always a good time. I remember working at the museum, we would try to do little camps then, and they were always like sold out, like right after we posted them. So (laughs) that week can be very long for parents. And uh, so I'm trying to, you know, make it a little bit more of a fun time for for kids during that week. Um, so those are a few of the classes. If you go to my website, which is local-folk.com, they have all of the workshops and offerings there. And I continue to add them as I, you know, get a chance to sit down. I've got to make some samples and that kind of thing. And I just oh, had a birthday party in here on Sunday. So that was really fun. But it's also, you know, a little like nerve wracking because I just don't know sure. what to and you know with Mm -hmm. all the like masking and COVID you just I don't want anybody to you know everyone to be safe here so that's always a little bit tricky but I feel like the majority of um, kids that have come in here for the workshops like all don't want to leave which is a great thing for a teacher so they're all like no can we stay and so that makes me feel like I'm doing the right thing here yeah yeah, just aesthetically, just when when I get to see pictures of 
it's just down to every little detail. It's just so beautiful and inviting. And I just want to just visually, it's so exciting to me. I just want to stare at every little nook and cranny, but it's really nice. neat. You did a wonderful job. Even I think for your ribbon cutting, I think I saw there was swag or wreaths outside just oh. and the outside the building did you paint the outside because I think it's like a blue yes and I was like this is beautiful it's uh, no it's like a brown color but it's a lot oh. of like the natural brick I mean maybe there's something blue out there that you're thinking but like my window is like just like my decal is on there and then I have um shelves yes. in the window that have a lot of the items and um a friend of mine propagates plants so she has a lot of her plants in here which I feel yes. it makes it immediately inviting because I'm in love yes. with plants and gardening yes absolutely you know I'm thinking of your blue I guess it's a door I just when I think of your shop I think of this blue color which is hmm. a favorite of mine and it's actually interesting it's the shade do you know the door where like the gnomes are hanging on and some of your um embroidery oh, yeah yeah, that was like something I found in my alley. Like we, I oh, wow. have like great alley finds that are in here. <laughs> like that's yes. the best about living in a town. <laughs> yes, indeed. I know we're, we're in a town as well, but this color reminds me, it's really interesting because Pennsylvania Dutch people would paint that on their ceilings. And in my grandparents' mm -hmm. home, they had a, they had a room where that was painted on the ceiling. And I don't remember the reason why they would paint yeah, their, it's, their um, ceilings this blue, but it's, it's, it's very blue color is what it's called because yes. our porch has that too I and I think it. it's it somehow is like a talisman kind of color something oh, that is for sure I don't know it repels ghosts attracts ghosts I don't remember but I know something it has like something that. to do with that yeah that's amazing I think that's what I was thinking of but um oh I love it so much so so let's go oh you have a red door very nice um so let's, well, first of all, where are you located? Uh, let's not forget to say that. Are you on, I haven't been in good time. <laughs> That's okay. What is your address? It's a uh, 158 West Main Street in Kutztown. Main Street. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Oh, and you've got the stars in the window. They're so beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, right across from Betty's Wraps, so. Oh, is Betty okay. still around? Mm -hmm. That's yeah. great. Because, you know, it's interesting enough with you talking about a lot of real estate, um, when I was a graduate student there, I made like a where to eat thing and everything has changed. <laughs> it's wild. But um, before we move on, I do really want to talk to you about embroidery and fiber arts, but I want to know more about your logo, of course, because I'm, I love, I love logos that incorporate like traditional arts. And I think your logo is beautiful and I think it was really well done. So I, I would oh, love thanks. to know. Did you do your logo? And I'd love to know what inspired your logo. I love the typefaces. I am very much a fan of how your logo came out. So. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I did make it, it myself. Um, it's just That's in Photoshop. Awesome. I'm, I don't use Illustrator. I have not learned that. No. But, you know, I sometimes I, I get these like free fonts, like different places. And I just I think I'm like a font addict because I have a, a yes. huge amount because I'll find one and it'll be free. And I'll be like, oh, this is so cool. And so I just was like digging through fonts that I have and I, I can't honestly remember the name of it. I can like send it to you later. Like, oh no, it's fine. If you're ever interested. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just like the vibe. It's just, it's beautiful. Thanks. It kind of gives me that like calligraphy, but very modern vibe. And then, you know, you have the rosette, which I love so much and the colors. Mm -hmm. So Kathleen's font has 
white lettering the way that I'm looking at it now anyway um, a red and black rosette and then there's sort of a scalloped border which is in a nice yellow and these are all very traditional folk art colors but then the typeface is so beautiful it reminds me a lot of calligraphy but some of the calligraphy typefaces are really awful and then of course you've got your sans serif which is lovely and it says creative studio so I just love it I love the name Thank I love you. all of it when I saw this <laughs> popping up I was like yes <laughs> Well, thank it's kind you. of like <laughs> I kind of feel like uh, I don't know. I'm I'm very actually introverted, honestly. Um, Same. And I feel like the COVID stuff just gave me a real kick in the ass, and I just really needed it. And it sort of just whipped me into um, mode of like, you know, no better day than today, you know. So I'm really really excited for you, and um, I just wish you the best of luck, and I hope. Um, you're able to sustain it and keep people engaged. And uh, I can't wait to get over there with my with my little ones. I, I propositioned them that they have to get each other gifts that are from made uh, or like museum shops. And I'm like trying to really yeah. promote this. They're not, they're not going for it, <laughs> but I think um, our shop is a little different. So I think they're just not inspired here, but I need to bring them over. That would be really cool. So let's pivot a little bit and talk about um, the work that I knew you from, which is your embroidery hoops. Um, which are just so beautiful and very special. And when I first saw them, I was like, wow, because my family embroidered and I was so struck by, um, again, the aesthetic, your design, just the way you would design your colors, everything down to all the details and the work is just so beautiful. And this, this, this company is called Walnut and Laurel, um, mm -hmm. from which I know you from. And um, if you could talk a little bit about that and how long you had been doing that and sort of how you came to that. I'm very interested if, if that was something that was passed down in your family or how did you come to embroidery? Um, I just always was attracted to like using thread and needles. I remember being in like second grade and I don't, in my, we did like a gift exchange, but you, with like classmates, but you had to have it be handmade. It could be anything from cookies to, I don't know you know pottery if you were that talented but I remember making this stocking for somebody out of felt and like it, there was just something that really called to me about that and putting like candy canes in it and I, I don't know what the kid that I gave it to thought but he I just like really felt a sense of empowerment and excitement about working with needles and thread and um, you know, my mom crochets a little bit. My grandmother was a, a big quilter and a sewer. And I always remember being a kid and going to her house up near Scranton and being like, I want your sewing machine. Like she had one of those <laughs> antique singers and, and I do have yes. it. I don't think anyone else wanted it, but me, but, uh, so, you know, I just have always wanted to, to stitch things and not to say I stitched regularly as a kid, but there were like a lot of craft projects that I would undertake and we had this uh kids encyclopedia and there was one book called make and do that I like probably wore the pages down in that I was always yeah. wanting to do all the <laughs> projects in there um so I've just always had a com compulsion to to create things which is why I'm yeah you know an artist and a teacher because I love to share yeah. that knowledge too um yeah but, for sure but the embroidery business, Walnut and Laurel, I started in 2014. I just was, um, decided to like embroider some radishes for my kitchen, like just to, to hang on the wall. And then a lot of people said they liked them and were, wanted me to make them for them. 
Um, so it, it just started then and I amassed a bit of an inventory and just started selling mm -hmm. at shows and my name came from where my cross streets are. I lived at the corner of Walnut Street and Laurel Street in Cookstown. So, and I had a little studio in my laundry room that I kept all of my supplies and things. Um, and so I've been doing this since 2014. And for some reason, I haven't gotten tired of it yet. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it ebbs and flows. Like the holidays and like fall are really busy and with orders and stuff. And then mm -hmm. January, February, I usually don't do much of it. And then it's trying to force myself to get back into it. But once I eventually do, I it's not hard to to get going. It's just getting that start. And you might feel that way as an artist sometimes when you take a break, it's really hard to get back into it. But once you get a ry rhythm going, it, it kind of feeds itself. Yeah, that happens to me all the time because now working full time, I don't have as much time to paint. So I actually have to do like a warm up where I'll just do like hexine ornaments just to warm up. Cause I almost feel it's weird because I almost feel like intimidated by the work because when you're not doing it every day, it almost feels like you've lost that connection to it. You know, it's like exercising. Yeah. If you stop working out every day, I guess it for whoever yeah, works. Same. <laughs> it's just like, I, I, it's I sort of like, right. It's like building that muscle, especially um, muscle memory. And just, you know, it's interesting because when I first started the kind of work that I do, it, everything felt so foreign to me because I didn't grow up with this, I call it like um, a visual vocabulary or whatever. But then once you practice it so much, it's almost so much, not easier, but more um, natural. It just comes out. I'm sure you feel yeah. the same way about the work that you do, these motifs that you've repeated over and over again. It's almost like your hands are just doing it and you're just there, you know, just with your eyes open, but you know, your hands are doing all the work, but it's really interesting. Um, I agree with that. It's really tricky, um, especially, and you I'm sure can relate when you start to sell things and it crosses over from like this, this thing that gives you pure joy to actually, especially with custom work, having to make yeah. something for somebody and then getting off the track of what brought you the joy of it, you know, and it's really this oh, yeah. sort of interesting intersection. Definitely. But um, I think it's neat because now in your shop, in the local folk art studio, you can actually sell the pieces as well. So you don't need to necessarily do as many shows, which now that I know that you're an introvert too, can be very <laughs> daunting. Agreed where you are dealing with the public and sometimes um, it can be a lot. So I, I almost yeah. feel like this, this, this time has also made me like really not interested in doing that anymore. Um, well, I think that's been the hardest thing for me here. It's not, I, I like people. I like interacting with I people, but as an introvert, it's not about being shy. It's about like how draining that is, like the socializing. And yes. so I feel like it is draining. It's, it's that's what it is. Like having to like carry that and like in the evenings, yes. I'm just tired. I just want to go home and like play animal crossing and, you know, yes. I don't want to work on like orders and try to like replenish the stock of embroidery that's here. And right. You know, so it's, that's really been hard. And also I've, not really worked the last year like with people because right. of like COVID and everything so trying to get back into a habit of being out there talking yes. to people and you know I do enjoy it but it like I said it, it does like drain me and I feel like yes. I don't have the time that I usually have to recharge but I think it'll yes. I'll figure it out as I you know continue with this.
Yeah, absolutely. And I think most people are kind of going through the same thing because things have just been so strange that it's kind of, you know, I think um, just endurance of being around people often is something that we're all experiencing having sort of most people anyway that I know, but I'm like just around <laughs> myself with the yeah. same kind of people as me. But um, it's really interesting because I'm also like you where I enjoy so much interacting with people, but there's a certain level of, um, what's the word that I want? Um, control. I'm sorry. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Totally blank. Like in my position now as a museum educator, I sort of know the kind of people are going to find themselves in here, but then you put a person like me at the folk fest for nine days <laughs> and it's really hot and you're dealing with people that are really sometimes most people are wonderful, but sometimes you're just dealing with people that think they're at the zoo and they're looking at all the carnies. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, it gets to be a lot. So it's really interesting just how this, this has kind of drawn a line for me in, in a very positive way. Um, the whole experience of COVID and isolation, it's just kind of like letting me make boundaries a lot easier with the things that I do feel comfortable doing and not. But it's really interesting that you used the word, um, I forget what the word was that you used about being an introvert and doing this kind of work. Um, oh, maybe not about depleted, being shy or like... No, it was like a word like depleted, but it wasn't depleted. Draining, maybe? <laughs> yeah, draining. So I don't know if you know Deep Space Sparkle Patty Palmer. No, I you don't. know her? Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I, <laughs> my, my head of school at Brookside Montessori told me about her and I was like, wow, she's an art educator, but she also does this wonderful podcast and I forget what it's called, but Patty Palmer... Deep Space Sparkle, she's the one that first put into my head about being an introvert and being a teacher and how that can sometimes become, be very difficult because it's almost like you have to like perform. Now with the groups that you're working with and myself as well, it's much smaller scale and not as intense. It's not day in and day out, but it yeah. really resonated with me. So I really highly suggest you checking out her podcast. Okay. Um, she's, she's wonderful. And it just helps sort of like acknowledge that because when you think of introverts you think of people that hate people and don't want to be around people but that's not actually true like you mentioned we both really love people but it can become very very draining yeah it's just how you it's, recharge I, from my understanding yes and yes and that's introverts just true. need a lot of like down quiet time peace and yes. so i'm still uh, waiting i'm still waiting <laughs> i know with kids <laughs> that's like impossible the moment you sit well, down, somebody needs something. <laughs> well, we're such geniuses. We decided after COVID, sort of like the big hump we went over, we we would decide to homeschool them. So now it's just like very intense, very every day. And going to work is like going on a spa day. So oh. anyway. <laughs> so back to what you do and the wonderful work you've done. Please tell me where you draw your inspiration from because some of my favorite works that you've done are very funny and have a lot of humor in them. And it's so interesting to me because having come from a family that did a lot of needlework um, and the samplers here at the Schwangfeld are like, you would never see some of these phrases. And I love that so much. So do talk about that a bit, please. Yeah. Um, I, the kind of I, inspiration. I always loved like juxtaposing like totally unexpected things with embroidery and it's a very popular thing now but I think when I started doing that like early on like people just couldn't believe that there was like this really sweet embroidery with like you know some nasty words on it or like <laughs> things like please don't do cocaine in the bathroom that's like a bestseller but I feel yeah. like I'm not sure I'm ready to put one of those in this shop yet given the 
the the community standards the clientele, yeah. <laughs> um, but I still like making those and would post a lot on Instagram and they were always like well received and I remember yes. going to one show in Philly and the, the people were like oh you probably I don't think we should have that kind of stuff here and I was so I had this like made up this adults only basket and it was like I had people wow. come people were coming and asking for these things so I'd, I'd have to be like come on there's some back here behind the like my little like chalkboard thing and so I I just find that it's really humorous and I'm like a totally body person like you wouldn't know it like if you know me like I'm you know pretty friendly and chill but I love like dark humor and yeah uh, just too. unexpected things that you know you don't want I don't know people don't think they're gonna see like a curse word on a something with a lot of flowers and happy things so so yeah I do yeah. love those my my dad hates it whenever he's like on Instagram <laughs> which cracks me up but he's always like I hope you're not posting those like bad words I'm like dad I, like I don't know he just it, I think he jokes with me but it's it's that's funny. hilarious my mom's the same way with me too. She's just like, oh, I cannot even. It's so funny to me because, you know, now what I do is I teach about people that were doing um, samplers and needlework all the time. And I imagine in my head, because I think you and I have a similar sense of humor, they're probably in their head, like they're thinking these things. And now we get to actually put it on the embroidery. And I love that. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, they're probably high-fiving us from the other side <laughs> and just saying like, thank you for saying what we've been feeling this whole time. Yeah. Especially, I love this one, the home crap home, because it's like my mm -hmm. house. I mean, it's not like dirty and disgusting, but it's messy and it's, you know, not yeah all put together and, you know, just the yeah. shift in focus, on what is important, I think is really, um, yeah, and I'm really totally valuable. Like one of my main core values is just being totally genuine about things and yes. good or bad. And so that I really like stuff like that too. I mean, you don't have to be like cruel when you like write things, no. but it, it's no. just, uh, you know, we all have like dirty homes and it, we yeah. can relate. And I feel, feel like people just feel a sense of relief when they're, they know they're not alone yes. in their struggle like that. Yeah. A hundred percent, especially, um, you know, there's this really beautiful poem about cleaning and cooking can, or no, it must be just cleaning because everybody has to cook, <laughs> but cleaning can wait until tomorrow for our babies grow up. Oh yeah. Went to our sorrow. I Do you know that one? one? My mom did this beautiful, it, it was actually when she did when my, my brother was born, but then she did one for me and for my sister-in-law. And I just look at that all the time in my room with all the, like, we live in an old house too with all the damn cobwebs. And I was like, yes, oh, please, yeah. I'm living up to that mom. <laughs> it's really funny, but, um, oh gosh, all the things. And, you know, especially now too, Kathleen, like we just need the humor. We need the humor oh, yeah. now than ever, you know? Um, Definitely. I actually bought one of your, um, I think it was 2020 ornaments because she does these beautiful little smaller embroidery hoops that then you can put on a tree or hang up I have it in my studio and I think it's 2020 but that year will always be so important to me and this is not to negate the horrible like atrocity of this disgusting horrible situation virus um but it is to say that that was the year that we just slowed down and I really prioritized and, and rethought like how life was going and I'm being so busy that I didn't have time with my kids. Sometimes when you're self-employed, this happens. You're like on a runaway yeah. train and you, you can't separate the work from 
the home life. So I, I totally understand with you wanting to have a special place that's for the work and then to have your home life be sacred. But uh, this is probably the most um, profoundly impactful year of my life was 2020. So um, I just remember getting that from you and being really excited. So, you know, having, having understood what goes into these embroidery pieces and the love and, and the, the handmade quality of it. I really value the work that you do. And um, thank you. It's just neat. Yeah, absolutely. It's <laughs> neat to think about you doing it and um, have how, so how, how far has your work spread? Like, I know there was an Etsy shop at one time, right? But I don't think you have that up anymore. But have you <clears> sold like throughout the United States or internationally? Like how far has it gone for you? Um, I've definitely sold within the United States. I can't recall if I've sent anything overseas. Um, I don't think I have because I can't avoid it at all shipping costs. anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not that I wouldn't, but, um, you know, like I've, a lot of stuff has gone to the West coast and pretty yeah, much yeah. like most States. Um, I, yeah. I haven't kept up my Etsy shop. It's just so hard to photograph things. Like every yeah. time like I would post something, it would sell out. And I, I just, and then with the fees like going up, it, yeah. it wasn't really worth it for me personally. Um, but I, I've sold a lot through like Instagram and, um, yeah. people just finding my work like through other people, like mostly Philadelphia area. Cause I would sell at yeah. a lot of the markets and fairs down there. Um, but yeah, I think I may have sent something to Alaska once. That's probably the farthest that I've, Oh, that's cool. Can recall yeah it's the customs it's just so strange and still so foreign of an idea to me I sent oh, a couple actually, I should Germany. say I do I do <laughs> did have something go to Poland for like a relative oh, cool. like, so one of oh, my aunt and uncle awesome. had taken a, a an embroidery over for them so that would be oh the that's so place. cool <laughs> oh that's so cool yeah and I remember a few years back you were doing um rainwater I want to call it a holder but weren't you painting rainwater Oh, the rain barrel. Yes, the rain barrel. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, there was those, a, those were so cool too. There was something um, Kutztown Thriving was doing a fundraiser, and so they um, invited a few like artists to paint rain barrels, and yeah, so that that was really fun because I love painting too. Like I'm not like yeah. you. You're that's your total thing, but it's something that when I'm starting to get a little tired of the the needlework, I can just do some kind of painting and. Yes. just feel like I'm still like creating something because like I said earlier on it's just a compulsion for me to create like some yeah. people think, like how do you handle like doing all this stuff all the time like aren't you you know, tired of juggling it's like no it's it's part of my personality and it's yeah. always hard for my family to understand I think because they're all scientists and like my mom's a nurse <laughs> my dad's an engineer my brothers are all in like biology and chemistry so I was always a little bit odd with that and I but I feel like I've been drawing since I was a kid and just I think I'll draw up until my last days so or yeah, like Matisse's life yeah exactly the scissors yeah 100% yeah. it's so funny that you mentioned that because I think also just inherently people that are drawn to art education generally I have found I'm working in a multitude of disciplines. And I think that's really neat um, because I'm the same as you. It's funny because, you know, I'll, I really enjoy um, 
sewing and needlework and things like that. And for a long time, I was knitting a lot, but then I was mm -hmm. basically, I was, I was such a tight knitter. I was basically <laughs> giving myself like carpal tunnel. And I was like, I need to stop this. I'm the total opposite. My knitting is so loose. Like I've made hats yeah. for my husband and he's like, I can't wear these. This is like falling down. I've got them better. But <laughs> oh my God. I'm the opposite. Like I can't loosen up. I don't know why I tits. I said tits so night. <laughs> I knit so tight. I tit so night. <laughs> uh, see, I'm talking about nipples, and here we go. But, um, <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I, I know, just like it's on the brain. Um, I don't know. It's just so. It's so hard. Like I've tried to listen, <laughs> and I'm a very like generally in art. I really love abstract abstract expressionism. I love yeah. the looseness of folk art. But for example, like with hex signs or knitting like I have to be really tight and pristine uh -huh. it's like super weird and off-brand for my personality like I don't know what's happening but and like graphic design too I like to get things really tight but um I also used to work in Photoshop exclusively and it was tr trust me it was a really really high learning curve to learn illustrator and design. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm just self-taught in that so I'm I'm sure like yeah. I like I have so much I should learn too but just haven't well yeah. if you ever need any help let me know because it was so <laughs> tricky to learn and I was around like 20 year olds and it was just so oh, yeah. natural for them because like they they've known how to do this for a long time and I was coming in and I would lean into Photoshop so hard for everything <laughs> <laughs> like I love Photoshop but yeah I love your logo so kudos to you that is beautiful I'm, I'm always looking for like really nice calligraphy script like fonts that don't feel like too far you know I don't know sometimes they get too fancy yeah. you know but anyway I I love um, like the old like German fonts and things, but I felt yes. like sometimes they're really hard to read. So I couldn't really they're put that so, on the window. Yes. No, no, no. We had, <laughs> we had a gallery in Philly when we lived there and it was called the Hex Factory. Oh My yeah. started it. So I made him a logo with an old Froctor typeface, uh, a Froctor, I think it's called. And no joke, <laughs> he had like a t-shirt of it. It was always the sex factory and the Kenzos, we call them <laughs> lovingly, our Kensington neighbors would be like, oh, the sex factory. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> but even, honestly, even here, Kathleen, it's like so much of this old Froctor work. I mean, I mean, I've been staring at this stuff for a very long time. I cannot read a whip of it. And it's not even yeah. that it's in German. It's just, it's very, very difficult. But there's something sort of, exciting and mysterious about that too you know yeah I, I love those I have spots. to learn but yeah they're little so pieces. incredible <laughs> yeah like and definitely want it to be readable that's what I like about it and you know I always lean into some of these um like black letter typefaces because they are so much more readable but yeah it's the sex factor yeah. it's like oh my god so we sent my dad a t-shirt and it's like wait a second he lives in Florida he's walking around they definitely don't know it's the hex factory oh my gosh now it makes me want to make a an embroidery hoop that says that you should the sex factory exactly it's just like great wonderful but yeah um I really love and also so the embroidery that I've done I've never really followed a pattern so I used to do like I guess you call it like freehand I don't even know what to call mm -hmm. it but I would make like an illustration and then do embroidery with it but what's really neat about the work that you do as well and now you're saying that you were self-taught is um and I will mess up what it's called but when you layer it is it called seeding or something like that where you have the little um the little tiny flowers and then sometimes on top of a layer of embroidery flush you'll have another layer I don't know what it's technically called but it's just so um, beautiful 
Yeah, it might just be like I do a lot of woven roses, which is more surface design on the fabric versus going like in and out of it. Um, oh, okay. So, and those are really fun once you like pick up how to do that. It's like you're weaving oh, in a cool. circle around um, some stitches and but I've wow. done a little bit of applique, like putting layers on, but not as much as um, just like I'll freehand the drawing and then just follow yeah. mostly with a back stitch because that gives a nice solid line. And for me, this is um, just another way of drawing, doing embroidery. It's like yeah. you have a drawing and then you go over it with um, the thread. And there's just something so like appealing to me about that. And it's, you know, like trying to explain music to somebody. It's just the way it is and I just am attracted yeah. to that for whatever reason I don't know if it's a yeah. past life or whatever <laughs> I love it so much well it's just it's fun to look at as an alternative to drawing drawing or painting mm -hmm. um and also your Pennsylvania pieces I, I have a Pennsylvania the state shape piece by Kathleen it's just so mm -hmm. gorgeous but I really really want to tell you that the background colors that you choose and the colors that you choose are so wonderful because I've seen a lot of this kind of work of course being in like the Etsy world and like mm -hmm. doing all the craft events and stuff but I really really like your color palette and I feel like it all you know sort of can be aesthetically seen as oh this is Kathleen's work as opposed to somebody else's work and I you know not to put them down but I really like that like I said about the way you set up your shop, your attention to detail in that way is, is so wonderful. I really, really, Thank really, you. really yeah. love that. And color is yeah. always like a huge, like strong point, like for like yes. another thing that I just like love. Like I, as you can see, yes. like it's my background, like I just, there's something about color that really excites me. Like, and yeah, so that's some of it. And I stitch on linen. So I like find different colors. Like if I come across something in a, in a fabric store, or craft store, or order online. So I just love different palettes. Oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah, um, I was just talking to my daughter about color, color theory this morning, cause she's 13 mm -hmm. and, and I was doing my makeup and I was saying, you know, like my eyes, they're like blue, but they also have some yellow in them. And I said, I can make them look more green by putting a more red eyeshadow on. And that mm -hmm. was literally my favorite class in college. Uh. And it was first year. 1999 color theory class was my absolute favorite i just love color stuff so much it's yeah. so wonderful um and i could literally sit and just change colors all day long on oh the yeah same like just, designs it's do you know so uh, color lovers there used to be a website i don't know if it's still there called no. color lovers that i just like adored oh. that it had you put the hexadecimal numbers in and it would give you different palettes that people upload <gasps> for, like oh, combining yes. six or seven colors but i was like wow i really like that that's amazing. Oh, Kathleen. So when are you going to put out a children's book? I feel like it should come. Oh my gosh. I would <laughs> love to, but I'm like, you'd be so good at that. I'm just not a great storyteller, honestly. Like Neither I, am I, Neither am I, I know. you know, I, I'm very good yes. at detail. Like I actually went to school for creative writing for my undergrad and I was Ew. really good at like, yeah, I went to LaSalle. So, um, I loved like creating like an atmosphere, creating characters, but I never was like great at trying to figure out that arc of like how to, how to make it interesting no, beyond just like detailing everything. So if I could yes. maybe come up with a story or have somebody else, like I would love to, yes. to illustrate. Dr. Seuss was a I huge did. like influence on me as a kid. And I, I love to yes. do like that sort of thing, but I think it would knows. be so, so wonderful in the future at some point. I know the writing is the hardest part of it for me. Yeah. That's why Penny Olive is super surface. And I was like, whatever it is, what it is. <laughs> like, 
I it's love just that. doing its job and it's going to be there and, and do its job. So, <laughs> well, Kathleen, I have got to run. All right. Fun, fun, fun stuff. But it was so Thank nice so to much. talk with you and many, many congratulations and best wishes for you. And do check out Kathleen's uh, website and also check out her shop and all of the wonderful things she has to offer there. I will make sure to link every, everything in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. This was really fun. It was so much fun, Kathleen. You take care and I'll see All you right. soon. You too. Bye-bye. Right, take care. Bye.